Welcome to the next thing smoking with Brian Rogers and friends. At age 44, Brian Rogers, diagnosed with six life-threatening diseases, decided to heal himself with plant-based barbecue and foods. In six months, he lost 120 pounds and reversed all diseases with plant-based barbecue. Now he wants to share how he did it with you and introduce you to world-class experts that'll explain how it worked, how to lose weight, how to heal yourself, and how to make the most amazing plant-based barbecue and more. You're listening to the next thing smoking with Brian Rogers. Rogers and friends. And now, here's your host, Brian Rogers. Hey, y'all, it's Brian Rogers back with you. Episode number four. I heart this episode so much. This episode is called Barbecue in the Veins. Oh, I love, I've always loved barbecue. If you don't like barbecue, then you need to have your head examined. No, I'm just kidding. Some people don't like smoked food, and I get that. But it still would be a good episode for you to listen to because we talk a lot about just food in general, how I feel about food, how I felt about food, why finding the food that you're passionate about, whether that be barbecue or Mexican or Italian or whatever it is, all these things that we're talking about in this show still apply. So just because I'm the expert on plant-based barbecue doesn't mean like I don't ever eat anything else. I do, but I love barbecue, but I can cook anything. I'm a professional chef. I'm a professional pit master. I've won a lot of awards in barbecue. So I'm going to talk about barbecue since this is my show and you're joining me. But it truly is rightly titled Barbecue in the Veins because as I said, I love barbecue. And if you're just listening to this episode it might be a good idea for you to go back and listen to maybe the first and second and third, a few episodes, because we're trying to lay the groundwork on these early episodes of like how I laid the groundwork and how I came to the point to where I needed to even lose 120 pounds and how I lost 120 pounds and reversed six diseases in just six months. It's really important for you to understand the background, but even if not, if you're interested in, barbecue, specifically plant-based barbecue, you're going to love this episode. Now, if you ever hear me say that I'm tired of barbecue, then it's probably a sign that like I've been abducted like seriously by aliens or cloned by the government or whatever. I mean, that's just, I could eat barbecue every day for every meal and I'm not kidding. Yes, it's true. I do eat other foods and I can cook anything you put in front of me but barbecue is my first love and will be my last meal if I had to choose one. If you didn't hear about it earlier, I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. And if you know anything about Kansas City, then you know that barbecue sauce runs through the veins of those of us who were born and raised in Kansas City. There are no exceptions. We love our barbecue sauce. I think it's amazing. I really am so proud that we have in Kansas city, even though I live in Colorado now, I think it's amazing that we have such a a very deep, rich history of all things barbecue and are known as having some of the, if not the best barbecue in the world. I know that's debatable. We can debate that on a later uh, episode and we might just do that. Who has best barbecue, but I'm biased. I'm from Kansas City. I think Kansas City barbecue reigns supreme for overall barbecue. Whether you're talking smoke or rubs or meat or sauce or whatever, I think Kansas City's king. 
Again, totally debatable. Maybe we'll debate that later. But I think it would be a really good practice. Just like defining why this podcast exists is to go through an actual history of barbecue, not necessarily plant-based barbecue, because we're gonna you're gonna learn how plant-based barbecue came about, but just a history of barbecue in general. If you're on this podcast, maybe you don't you don't you're not even plant-based. Maybe you just like barbecue or you want to eat a little healthier or whatever. It's good to have a history of like where what you like to eat came from, like if it's Italian food or whatever. Mine's barbecue. And I want to just give you just a brief history of barbecue because I'm so happy about barbecue. But before we get into the no pun intended meat of it, I love saying that. And we're going to also have a lot of dad jokes along the way. So I just want to warn you right up front about that. But I'm going to go over a quick history of barbecue it can sometimes be misunderstood and compared to other forms of cooking of which there really is no comparison. So let's just jump right in. Ever since the discovery of fire, humans have been cooking meat and vegetables over it or near it. Now, one might argue that barbecue is as old as man, but that's not quite the case. You see, barbecue the way we know it today with the sauces and the rubs cooked in pits, smokers, over indirect flames, actually originated in the Caribbean, which I love the Caribbean. So I love the history of barbecue. But barbecue is a word with with its roots in the language spoken um, by the Tiano, T-A-I-N-O, which is a Caribbean Indian tribe. And I apologize if I mispronounce that. The original word in their language was barbacoa, or barbasoa, which was what they called the process of cooking meat on a raised grate made of wood. Ever since the colonialist period, barbecue has become really, really popular in America. It became such a hit that in the 1650s, a law was actually put into effect forbidding the use of guns at a barbecue because so many different people from so many different walks of life, even sworn enemies, would show up to these huge barbecues. I guess you could refer to barbecue as quite the pacifist in its day, actually. But one of the things I love most about barbecue is that it brings people together, and food in general, but barbecue really brings people together of every race, every religion, every economic status, whatever else you can think of for a common reason, and that's amazing, great-tasting food, and the great smell. Oh my gosh, the smell, y'all. Barbecue has that smell that just can't be replicated any other way. People know when they're about to partake in good barbecue before they ever even take the first bite. I mean, if you've ever eaten good barbecue, you know this, right? In America, every event deemed worth celebrating had barbecue involved. I mean, whether it was Lane the Capitol's cornerstone, winning the Revolutionary War, or building the very first bridge over the Missouri River. Our presidents were gung-ho over barbecue. George Washington was a barbecue aficionado himself. I mean, with his diaries, they were just full of barbecue references. As more and more inventions came up every day, the barbecue world was not left behind. For instance, in 1921, Thomas Edison actually designed the first ever commercial charcoal briquette factory, which Henry Ford built, as a matter of fact. American barbecue, although this is a plant-based 
show and I'm plant-based, we don't shy away from talking about other foods and meat and history and origins. We're not trying to hide anything on this. I'm not trying to hide my background that I did eat pork and meat and ribs and chicken and all that kind of barbecue. So I'm not shying away from that, but I do want to, um, want you to understand the history of what we're talking about. But American barbecue started with pork. I mean, there's no other way around it. History is history and we're not going to rewrite it. In the 19th century, barbecue was a pork affair in the South. Pigs were very easy and very cheap. So it was, it only made sense. I mean, legend has it, has it that for each pound of beef that the Southerners ate, they ate five more pork. This was before the American civil war. The whole process of capturing and cooking wild pigs became quite the event. They called themselves boucheries or pigs pickings. Entire neighborhoods would join in the celebrations. And whether those are good or bad to this day, obviously it's not. This is just the history. It's not saying we're for or against this. It's just giving the history of what it is, which is really important to understand about food. It's important to understand where it comes from, how it's made, things like that, which we're going to talk about a lot later. And we're going to bring on all kinds of experts that are going to talk about, you know, how food's made, how it's processed in this day and age and things like that. But I'm just giving the history of what is in barbecue. But entire neighborhoods would join in on celebrations. And fast forward to today, you can see that there, there's no Southern cuisine to this day without some kind of barbecue. I mean, now it's the sauces that count to me. In the South, each region has its own spin on barbecue with the sauce being the key difference in most cases. If you go to North Carolina, you'll notice that each region just in Carolina alone has its own version of sauce. In the Western region of North Carolina, you'll find a lot more ketchup in the sauces, which today translates into high fructose corn syrup. The eastern part of North Carolina favors sauces based on vinegar. In the central region, you'll find that the Piedmont-style barbecue reigns supreme. The Piedmont-style barbecue is also known as the Lexington-style. It uses some vinegar along with pepper, ketchup, and kind of a handful of other spices that really vary depending on the recipes. You may have heard of Lexington as the world's barbecue capital. For every thousand people in Lexington, there is at least one barbecue restaurant. And with the time of this recording, we're in the coronavirus. A lot of those places are closed right now. And I hope all of them come out of this and make it, by the way, just as a side note. Now in South Carolina, you'll find that they use all the major kinds of barbecue sauces, light and heavy sauces with tomato as a base, as well as vinegar and mustard-based sauces, Memphis is well known and loved for its vinegar and tomato sauces. As you'll find, uh, you might find like in a few places where no sauce is used in preparing the meat at all. Some people prefer it that way. The meat is simply coated with some rubs and then smoked with hickory wood in most cases or all kinds of other woods. And sometimes they'll just serve sauce on the side and that's great too. Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia, I'm going to kind of lump those together, are well known for they're mostly pork barbecue, which they serve up with some delicious sweet tomato-based sauces, all varying depending on the region you're dealing with and the family recipes. Alabama also has some amazing like mayo and vinegar sauces, which originated from its northern parts. 
This white sauce is mostly used on pork and chicken today. Memphis and North Carolina are famous for their pulled pork sandwiches, which are usually served with like some slaw. Now, I want to talk about some other stuff like beef and mutton and everything else. In Maryland, for example, you've got pit beef. Bull roasts are a big deal there. They're, these are basically held as fundraisers for like associations and clubs. When it comes to Maryland pit beef, the meat is thoroughly grilled over high heat and served with like some horseradish sauce on the side. It's not your conventional low and slow barbecue. In Kentucky, the meat of choice is mutton. In Kentucky, especially the western part, no one jokes around about their mutton. There, if there's a, like a county fair or a fundraiser or political rally, you know for a fact there will be mutton. Finally, there's my good old Kansas City barbecue. We use a lot of different meats in Kansas City. Smoked sausage, beef ribs, pork ribs, pulled pork, burn ends, which we're known for, beef brisket, smoked turkey, smoked and grilled chicken, even fish. Historically speaking, Kansas City was known for its meatpacking industry. We mostly use hickory wood for smoking as for our sauces. They're mostly tomato-based. You can have them sweet, tangy, or spicy. So much variety and so much goodness in the sauces in Kansas City. So I want to talk about how meat-based barbecue set me up for plant-based barbecue, which I'm following today. And some would argue I'm the inventor of plant-based barbecue. With food being such a large part of my life today, you would think that, that I come from a long line of great cooks, family recipes that are all handed down to me from generation to generation and possibly even professional, professional chefs. Well, on the next episode, I'm going to talk all about where all my recipes came from and how I actually used my background in meat-based barbecue, traditional, the history of barbecue to set me up for the day plant-based barbecue was invented, or at least I think the day plant-based barbecue was invented. Again, a lot of my friends and family and people that have researched this do credit me with inventing plant-based barbecue, but I'll let you be the judge. And I don't care if I invented plant-based barbecue or not. I'm certainly putting it on the map and I'm the world's leading expert on it to as of today. And I did use plant-based barbecue as a primary method that allowed me to lose 120 pounds and reverse six life-threatening diseases in just six months without giving up the things I loved, the things that made me get to 300 pounds. I mean, there's no other way around it. So join me on the next episode, and we're going to talk all about how having this meat-based championship barbecue background set me up for the day plant-based barbecue was invented. Thanks for listening, y'all. This is Brian Rogers, and we'll see you on a future episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the next thing smoking with Brian Rogers and friends. We hope you've learned something significant today. We will try to bring you consequential and fun listening every show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter on brianrogers.com. Plant-based barbecue and more is the way to healthy eating and lifestyle. Learn ways to implement these principles and skills from the expert who's been through it all, Brian Rogers. Thank you for listening. Signing off from Colorado.